0: Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten It is Friday, May 14th, 2021, and a lot of action on the basketball side of things yesterday. tough and decommits, talking transfer news. A lot of things going on. But before we get into that, a couple things on the football side of things. We'll start off with columbus and ohio state the buckeyes had a press conference yesterday and normally you don't have a press conference in the middle of may there's not really much going on uh, as we all know school's out really the only thing that is going on right now is the baseball season and so yeah what was this all about uh, well the uh, the rumors online were that it was nothing serious that you know that it had nothing to do with some NCAA regulations et cetera et cetera. But what was interesting actually was what came out of this, because there was a concerned effort by a massage therapist to target Ohio State football players for sexual activity to harass them to get closer to the program, et cetera. Uh, This happened via uh, the uh, Internet, Uh, you know, her reaching out on social media uh, to book these players for massages. Um, There was some consensual uh, actions, uh, nothing with minors. Uh, We're also talking about, you know, she asked for money afterwards. And, you know, that is something like. You know, after you have a consensual act, is is odd. It's different. Uh, this is something that is unfortunately, I'd say, it's probably more common than you would think. Uh, obviously, Ohio State didn't do anything wrong. Uh, they've been, you know, speaking with the NCA throughout this whole process, keeping them aware uh, that they found out th- that this was going on. Uh, that this massage therapist was just trying to get inside the program. Uh, she is significantly older than the majority of the players that she was targeting. Uh, she is in her you know late thirties, early forties when this was going on. And uh, you know, I I think you know this is a lesson for the Ohio State players. They have to be a little bit more. Uh, aware of, you know, people that they don't know reaching out to them via social media. Uh, you know, especially now, uh, you know, a lot of interactions are happening on you know Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, whatever social media app that you're using. And I think this is a lesson not just for the Ohio State players, but for everyone across the country. You have to be careful. You know, people's intentions aren't always pure. And, you know, these players, I, I don't think they understood really what was going on. The, the, the massage therapist, you know, kind of came at them like, hey, you know, this is a recovery thing. Uh, I, I want to help you, blah, blah, blah. But obviously her intentions were, were different. Uh, she has been banned from the program, which uh, makes sense. You don't want that, you know, being associated with the program. You know that is something that uh, it is. It's concerning. Yes, they're adults, all over the age of eighteen, uh, so they can, you know, conceivably make their own decisions. But you know, again. As a football player, anywhere, you just have to be careful with who you interact with. You don't always know the intentions of that other party, and especially nowadays with uh, you know with COVID and more and more people just kind of staying at home and not doing as many things, you know, out in public. You just have to be careful. You really do, and, and unfortunately for you know the Ohio State program, they were targeted by somebody, and, and you know the, the the higher ups figured out what was going on. They uh, they they took a look into it, uh, realized that this was an issue. They they had a third party uh, look into it, along with keeping tabs with the NCAA on what was going on. And it looks like there's you know not going to be any penalties for the Buckeyes for this at all, which I don't think there should be. Uh, you know, this is something, again, that, you know, an outside source was targeting them. Um, it It's unfortunate. You know, th- these young men shouldn't have to be put in those kind of positions. Uh, and, and, you know, an adult taking advantage of, you know, kids in essence. Uh, you know, I, I I always make the argument that, you know, you're you're not really an adult until you do like certain adult things. You know, buy your first car and and you know uh, decide that you want to have a home or have a child. You know, eighteen year olds have children, but not all eighteen year olds are adults. I certainly as hell was not an adult when I was eighteen, nor was when I was twenty two or twenty three or twenty four even. I don't even know if I consider myself an adult right now. Just kidding. I do. But, you know, that that's something that, you know, someone her age should not be doing that. And, you know, good for Ohio State to flush this out, especially with, you know, everything that's going on with the Big Ten. And, and, and there's just a uh, – this is smart by Ohio State. And, and, you know, smart to keep the NCAA – Uh, on tabs with that the whole time all right let's recruit let's update let's recruit yes let's recruit uh let's look at the uh, 2022 class recruiting uh for the football side of things Uh, before we move on to the basketball news from yesterday we'll start off with the buckeyes also uh they had the number one class in the big Ten, number two overall in the country with 12 commits the nittany lions are recruiting like they normally have been under james franklin they are six overall in the country. They've got 10 commits. That is more likely. Last year, again, I think was an aberration. Uh, I really think that COVID-19 affected that program as much as, in, you know, with adversity as much as any other program in the country, maybe even a little bit more. There's a couple other programs, in my estimation, that had it bad, especially inside the Big Ten. Uh, you're also looking at Michigan. You're also looking at Wisconsin. Those teams struggled with everything that was going on during the pandemic season, and it looks like Penn State is coming out of it uh, knowing that, you know, there's something that needed to change around the program. And again, I thought that, you know, their recruiting last year was slow. I just thought that they would pick it up at some point in time, and they really didn't. Well, uh, James Franklin said, "You know what? This 22 class is going to be one of the best that he's ever brought in." And so far it is. Ruckers, Greg Schiano, hello. Gavin Wimsett, hello. Sitting pretty, 11 commits, 10th overall in the country. Uh, You'll find Michigan right in that right out right, right at that top 20 part, uh, at 19th overall, they've got seven commits. You've got Maryland a few spots behind them, Mike Locksley. Remember There's one thing that Mike Lockley does very, very well, and that is get on the recruiting trail. Maryland's got nine commits, 22nd overall in the country. How about the fighting Illini and Brett Bielma? I love it. Over the course of the last few years doing this podcast, I was always very critical about what Lovey Smith was doing on the recruiting trail. I did not like what he was doing. Not a fan. I did not like the fact that he would go after 10 to 15 Uh, recruits out of high school, and then fill the rest of his roster with transfers. I hated it. I think that uh, the transfer portal, you should be picking and choosing positions where you need to add depth to. You create that depth by recruiting your high school athletes. And when those high school athletes either opt to transfer out or move on to the NFL, and it leaves you with a hole, that's when you go to the portal. I feel understands that. He gets it. He's a Midwest guy. He's really done a good job. And he's got the Illini recruiting at a pretty high level. Eight commits, 27th overall in the country. How about that? That's a stark contrast from the Lovey Smith era. P.J. Fleck, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, they've only got five commits. However, they are five very good commits at the current moment. They are 33rd in the country. Michigan State, also five commits. A couple spots down at 37th overall in the country. The Wildcats and Northwestern. Three commits. 46 overall in the country. How about Northwestern? Doing very well, I think. Although just three commits. The quality of their commits. Very, very high. I happen to know two of them. And, uh, you know... I looked at both of them, and I I don't know Reggie Flamira very well. I know of him. I don't really know him. I know Danny McGuire, Deuce. I've seen Deuce uh, play. I saw him play week one um, while Maris took on Notre Dame College Prep. Uh, He looked pretty damn good. They have two Division I offensive linemen on their Team that was starting on varsity, Pat Coogan, the 21 guard is going to or interior lineman I would say. I guess he's uh, who knows whether he's going to be a center or a guard at Notre Dame, but Pat Coogan, big time player as well. maris got a damn good program. Dontrelle Jackson as well going to Coastal Carolina. They've got players all over the place there. Uh, they've got a, a linebacker in the 22 class, Jimmy Rolder. Uh, I, I think that if he decided to play football, he would be a big time player uh, they also uh, got Chris Petrucci uh, he is from Maine South saw him play this spring as well against Evanson Township uh, he's a, a very solid player playing both ways uh, Maine South just eked out a win on that one but Northwestern they, they focused in on some in-state recruits which I really like and you know I think that the one thing that's the next thing for the Wildcats, if they unlock recruiting, oh, man. Because look at what they're already doing with guys that are not viewed very highly by recruiting services. Two out of the last three Big Ten West titles. Yeah, that's, that's pretty damn impressive. And Pat Fitzgerald is uh, always a guy that, you know, I, I think the NFL is going to look at and continue to look at. And uh, I honestly don't think that, uh, you know, especially now that he's signed that big old extension at Northwestern, I don't think he's going anywhere. He should be a lifer. He's going to be one of the few coaches uh, in college at the collegiate level where you're going to look back and say, yeah, this guy took a program uh, where it was, and and Northwestern is solid, nothing special, but solid. And he took them to one of the big, you know, the best Big Ten programs and one of the best programs across the country. I mean, they had two first round draft picks this past draft, along with Penn State. They were the only two Big Ten teams to have more than one. Very very impressive, very impressive. Both early entry too. That's right. Very, very impressive. Iowa's got two commits. They are 53rd in the country. Indiana also two commits, 55th in the country. Nebraska also two commits, 64th overall in the country. The Badgers only have one commit. They are 75th overall in the country, and that's it. That's everybody. All right, let's move on to some basketball notes from yesterday. We'll start off with some transfer. news and that is uh we'll start off with indiana and their forward jerome hunter hunter will transfer out of the program the red shirt sophomore uh, had some injury issues while he was with the program uh, this you know to me this seems like uh you know a guy that you know thought about staying with mike woodson and then ultimately said you know i just uh, i can't see myself playing here and that's understandable especially you know He's been there for three years. He's gonna have three years remaining because the NCAA is giving him a free year. And uh, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, I believe that uh, you know Hunter is a guy that you know it's He was a, he was a top guy coming out of high school, a top, viewed as a top one hundred prospect. And injuries happen, you know that that's you know unfortunately something that is a little bit out of a player's control. You know, things happen like that, and unfortunately for Hunter, he suffered enough injuries where. Uh, He just wasn't as effective as he thought he would be or anybody really thought he would be. So uh, he is going to move on. Like I said, he will have three years left. Michigan State Guard Foster Lawyer opted to transfer and he has found his new home. He will be transferring to Steph Curry's alma mater. Davidson, I'm not sure that Lawyer is going to have the kind of impact that Curry had at Davidson, but uh, Lawyer, I think, will get plenty of playing time there. And um, it's interesting that, You know, that's where he's going. Uh, I thought that lawyer would try to play at, you know, a power five school. But, you know, the basketball side of things, you know, you can really, you know, it really doesn't matter. I mean, look at Gonzaga. Gonzaga, you know, has, Mark View has built that program to be a powerhouse. I mean, they just got a commitment from the number one overall player in the country, Chet Holmgren. Uh, They're going to have, you know, they're they're going to send multiple players to, to the NBA in this coming draft. I mean you know basketball's different It's not like football it's not like the big you know six in my estimation that you have in football basketball you, you know there are teams I mean look at what UCLA did this past year they they were the play in <laughs> they made it to like the what the elite 8 I think I mean it's crazy it's crazy absolutely not but either way you you're looking at uh you know a Gonzaga team that you know made it to the championship game and came up short but you know, they're, they're there. They're competitive. They are right there. Uh, unfortunately for the Illini, they are losing 22-point guard commit AJ Store Store is going to reopen his commitment uh, or his recruitment. And uh, uh, this was unfortunate because, uh, you know, I think Brad Underwood has, has done a, a fairly good job recruiting. Um, especially right now, they're going to need some depth in the backcourt uh, with what they've lost. Um, you know Andre Curbelo does return and I think Curbelo is is set up for a massive sophomore season. But you know they they've lost some guys, uh, you know they lost a couple starters, a couple to you know the NBA and transfer portal uh, at the guard position. This is a this is a big season for Brett Underwood. He's got to show the Big 10 that it wasn't an aberration this past year. It wasn't a one, you know, one year and done for the alina. So uh, we'll continue to monitor that, but unfortunately, AJ Store no longer part of the program. The conference released the basketball schedule as well, the conference basketball schedule. I am not going to bore you by naming off who is playing the hoop. We will get to it uh, later date, uh, pretty much probably before we preview the uh, season uh, come you know late uh, October, but you know, it's, it's nice to see that uh, a season looks like it's going to be much more regular. It really does. Uh, you know, the, this past year, uh, you know, it was nice to see basketball happening again. Uh, on top of that, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament returning because we didn't see a tournament in 20. And that was rough was right at the beginning of the pandemic. But we did see a tournament this past year, which was nice to see again. March Madness was really fun to watch. really was. Filling out a bracket, fun to do again. And uh, you know, it, it's nice to see a fairly normal Big Ten schedule get released, conference schedule that is. And that will do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter, at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well, at Big 10 um I'm views share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a fantastic weekend, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you on Monday morning.